In today's episode, we're talking about the different types of money and why it's important for you to recognize the different types of money in order for you to become wealthy. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today we're talking about the different types of money. Now, the average person, when they refer to money, they just see money as money. But I'm going to make you aware of the different types of money and the fact that you have different relationships or different energies around different types of money, which will give you a clear indication why a certain type of money is playing a certain role in your life. We've done individual podcast episodes on the different types of money in the past. If you go back to the archives, there are episodes specifically on different types of money. But today I thought it's nice to have a refresher about the different types of money. And we're going to talk about that today. So when I say different types of money, what do I mean? So when I look at money, I don't see money as per se as one thing. I see money in the form of income, money in the form of savings, money in the form of debt and money in the form of potential income, income goals. And every one of these has a different types of uh, energy attached to it. Now, there is such thing as toxic money, but we've discussed this in detail in another podcast. And I'm, I'm not going to talk much about toxic money per se. But let's focus on the four types of main types of money, which plays a part in every single individual's life. Yet when we think about money, we think about globally money as this one thing. But money has very, uh, you know, four, four main different types of aspects or types. And we need to discuss each and every one of them. So let's start with let's start with the first one. And let's start with income. What do I mean by income? So income is actually just the direct flow of money into your life that's exchanged for your time and energy, right? It represents both survival and the level at which you value yourself um, in terms of your energy, your time and your experience, okay? So this is why it is so important for you to recognize the income you have at the moment is actually a clear representation of you know how you're going to survive in the society as it speaks and it's indicating you know you know your value your energy your education you who you are right now now thinking about your income can trigger and reveal program emotions around survival in society you know emotions and thoughts that people involve for example it it teaches whether you know whether you were taught as a child um, to survive in the society or to survive, thrive. A lot of the people, or I should say the masses, the majority of the people have this energy program into them, which is the energy of survival. They are taught to go to work, you know, get a good education, go to work and have a job which pays you enough to be able to pay for the rent, the mortgage, the car bills and the food, etc. right? It's a survival energy. It's not for you to thrive, right? And if you at any point in time do increase your income, you would increase it in a way 
so that your expenses go up too. You're still not making sure that you have an other type of money for your savings. And sometimes you bring debt into picture as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. So thinking, think about it. You know, think about your income at the moment. Are you actually thriving or are you barely surviving? Your income, now this is something that's really important, really pay heed to this point. Your income is a metaphorical reflection of the beliefs about your personal and professional market value. This is so important, I'm going to repeat it. Your income is actually a metaphorical reflection of your beliefs about your personal and professional market value. So if you are earning, for example, 85K, and if it's in a job, it's more it's it's more clear if you do it through a job, right? Um, and you are a lawyer, right? So you're currently earning 85K. Now, you know there are lawyers in the same profession as you, the same niche as you, who are earning 150K, right? But if you're earning 85K, then you believe that your experience, your education, who you are is valued at 85K. Now put that into your personal, in your if you're employee, self-employed, or if you have your own business, if your business turnover is, say for example, 100K, and your profit margin from there is probably 50K, then your value of yourself, because remember, especially small businesses, their value, their intrinsic value is actually, they've got their own personal value entangled with the business value. So your value, is 50k even though you know there are people other people in the same industry same businesses who are earning 200k even seven even seven figures right so this is why it's important to know what your income represents to you um quite clearly now the key to your income level is your belief in your personal worth and the value of what you do or give this is the prime reason why many people with no education training thrive financially and others with great credentials have a hard time asking for their worth. So you could have someone who has really good programming about, um, about money and they believe they, you know, could be falsely, but they, they believe they're the best in the industry, for example, singing wise or, or um, writing or I don't know, something else, uh, programming or something. And they believe they're the best and they believe they should be earning 100K and they get the 100K. And then there are other people, and I've seen this especially with musicians, okay, who are extremely talented, who are extremely brilliant in their craft, yet they don't understand or don't believe the value they bring to the table. And therefore they may consciously say, yeah, I am very talented and I bring lots of value to the table, but subconsciously not agree with that point. And therefore they're constantly struggling because they can't ask for what they uh, truly want. And the subconscious mind keeps them small and therefore their income remains low. And there's logical reasons for it, but it remains low. If your belief in your value is low, subconsciously, you will always either keep your income low or you work very hard for your money. So I've seen this happen too. So if your income level goes up, because you believe you have to work hard for your money, what you'll end up doing is you you work extra hours and um, you will compensate by working extra hard for that money or you'll compensate by screwing up, you're messing up your personal relationships or you'll mess up uh, your health, you know, you, 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 um, you fall ill or something else you will do something. You have to compensate for it one way or the other. And therefore, you know, if you are making more money, you will compensate through one of the other means, 
right? And one of the major ones is the fact that you work extra hard. And when you're working extra hard, you're damaging your health or you're damaging your personal relationships, one or the other. And I see this happen all the time. Now, let's talk about the next type of money. Let's talk about savings. What exactly is savings? Well, actually, saving is just a buffer against emergencies. And all it does is increases security. So money in the form of savings is just to provide you financial security. Therefore, what does that mean? Lack of savings equates to lack of security. That's all it really means. That's all it really is, right? So the best thing to look about with savings is, is if you look at your past and see if there's an instant where you can remember where you're, you've lost something, um, lost someone special, you've, uh, the loss of a freedom, or you've lost, if you've lost something. Or what I find is when you didn't feel safe or secure. So this could happen if you're abused physically, verbally, sexually, or otherwise. And so when something like this happens, your brain flips a switch, okay? So your subconscious mind flips a switch and where feeling unsafe or not feeling safe becomes the norm. If feeling unsafe becomes the norm, then guess what? Your subconscious mind is going to perceive security as dangerous. And this is what I see a lot of the time with people who've had abusive past or loss of something or something or the other, right? If you find that um, you know you the not feeling safe is the norm when you're an adult as an adult you know all you can provide the way to provide security for yourself is through financial security now if you if your subconscious mind believes i am safe when i don't feel safe or secure when i feel unsafe that's my form of security guess what will happen? So you will not allow yourself to have the financial security. So you're going to be, you can have the best financial planner in the world. You can have the best financial advice in the world. And you could have all the great intentions in the world. And you sometimes do create these plans and this, you know, these motions and whatever. And even to some extent are able to save, have some saving pots or whatever. I mean, I see a lot of people have these emergency pots, but guess what happens after a few months or even years, you find a situation comes to surface which needs that funding, guess what? All your saving goes goes out the window, right? So you create situations where you need to spend that saving. So in the end, you have no savings. So when you turn 60, 70, 80, you found you've worked all your life and yet you still have no safe savings. And this is my major concern for you entrepreneurs, right? Because I've seen it happen. I've spoken to far too many entrepreneurs who are turning 70, 80, and they don't know where their money went. And they and they were successful entrepreneurs. You said, we know this one particular gentleman I've sp- I remember speaking to, and I've used this example again because he, I've used this example before I'm using it again because it's just, it breaks my heart. This gentleman had worked all his life at various businesses. And at one point in time, he's even moved countries. And at one point in time, he's making seven figures and he was running a company worth multi-million dollars. Yet at the age of 70, he was completely financially dependent on his son and he couldn't figure out for the life of him where all his money went. This is what I don't want for you, right? So this is the, this is the issue with the type of savings. So I need you to recognize what issues you may have with savings, right? Now let's talk to, about debt. Debt has to be the most damaging of all types of money, and it brings up the darkest emotions then one that one can experience. 
People typically report feeling deep, overwhel- deep and overwhelming shame, embarrassment, failure, anxiety, fear, and sadness when it comes to debt, right? And debt actually can be an energetic manifestation of your subconscious old memories of shame and feelings that you're not good enough to be financially solvent. So the main energies associated with debt is shame and embarrassment. If in the past, now it doesn't have to be yours, it can be something that happened with your parents and it became an energetic imprint on your energy. An instant where you are embarrassed or were ashamed of and in that regard, that embarrassment, that shame, that that shame and that failure, fear, whatever the emotion that was, was imprinted on your energy field. And now you are going to be stuck in debt and you're going to attract more and more debt to you while, and you have all the intentions again to get out of debt, but you are not allowing yourself because it's the norm for you to feel shame. So in order for you to keep your, your, your you know, you in the status quo, your subconscious mind will attract debt to you to keep you with the emotions there, to make sure that you continue to feel that shame and embarrassment. And it sounds weird and odd. Why would your subconscious mind do that? But if it's all, all it's programmed to do, what else can it do? Come on, right? If it's programmed to make you feel in a certain way because that's all he knows how to do or he knows what to do, it's going to do that until you go in and reprogram your subconscious mind. And therefore, debt is one of the easiest way to keep the shame and embarrassment there. Now, I've got a client that I worked with and this client, I'm not going to give a name, she had she had a job in Dubai. And so if you go knows, Dubai is, is tax-free. And she had a, she has a job in one of the top companies in the world. I'm not going to give the company name either. But she really works in one of the top, top companies in the world. And it's a household name. The company she works for is a household name. And even though she was working for this top company, earning this really good income, and she was a really high person, highly intelligent, like super, super intelligent woman, she was struggling with debt and she couldn't work out why. And when we unpacked her stories and we worked out what was going on, I realized how much of shame and resentment and uh, embarrassment in the in terms of energy she was carrying. And when we were able to let go of that shame and the resentment, I promise you, a solution came up to resolve her debt. And she's got it. It's taken her two years because the debt was so high to clear it. But she's on the verge of almost clearing it. She's in a couple of months. She would have cleared the debt. And that was the debt was in the amount of seventy five thousand dollars. It wasn't a small debt, and she's paid it all off, right? But. She, in order for her to stop getting digging the grave even further and getting further and further into debt, she really had to open up and work out why was she attracting more this situation of embarrassment, of 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 shame to her, and it was all to do with her past. It had nothing to do with her present, and it was nothing to do with her, you know, her lack of ability or lack of money management skills or not being able to speak to a financial advisor. Nothing of the sort. She was a very intelligent lady. But for one reason or another, debt keep kept accumulating and get and kept dragging her further and further and further into into the, this this pit hole of debt. Right? I remember this old saying by someone. I wish I could give credit to who said this to me, Bones. But they said, you know, when it comes to debt, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. But most people don't know how to stop digging. Right? So they need to work that out. Right? So debt has an emotional response similar to, to savings, but it goes a lot deeper. And here's another issue with debt. If you do have debt, you throughout the day are constantly thinking about debt. 
You remember your debt multiple times um, in your day and sometimes consciously and sometimes subconsciously. And this really strong negative emotion gets triggered inside of you. You may be consciously aware or not, or maybe subconscious, uh, you know, if you're subconscious, you may not be consciously aware of this, but it does get this fire through you. Every time this small, this really strong emotional uh, emotion gets triggered through you, you guess what? Your vibrations lowered, and what does that mean? Your vibrations lower. You're attracting more reasons to be ashamed, to be sad, to be frustrated, to be angry, especially when it comes to money. Makes sense? Do you see how powerful this is? Yeah. All right. So the next type of money I want to talk to you about is income goal. Now, the issue with income is we may have goals to make fifty k a month, hundred k a month, or seven figures a month. The problem is we all come with what's called a financial thermostat, right? And this financial thermostat has been has been programmed into us by our primary caregivers. Remember that I, I did, I remember doing a podcast on this, explained to you how your subconscious programming is done between the ages of zero to seven by your primary caregivers. So by the time you are in your teens and um, 20s, right? You've already been given this financial thermostat. Now, the thing with teens and 20s is, you come and somehow rebel against your programming. And this I see this happen quite a bit. You're able to earn more and you're able to live better and whatever else. This programming actually kicks in in your 30s to mid-30s. And this in when is when your paradigm is really kicking and you go back to your old parents' way of living and this mindset and the energies and so forth. And I see this all the time, actually. So if you've been programmed to earn a certain amount you will not allow yourself to go beyond that, okay? This is the glass ceiling. So the glass ceiling hasn't been set to you through your profession or through your company or through whatever thing here it is. Your glass ceiling has been set to you by your primary caregivers at the age of zero to seven. You have to recognize what this glass ceiling is and break free. Now, it may be if you're in a job and even as a lawyer, okay? So even if, as a lawyer, I, and I was making finance, you know, I think the maximum I could probably earn a year would be 500k plus bonuses and other things. And then I could become a partner and blah, blah, blah. It still hovers around the seven, K, seven figure mark annually, right? So I'll be making seven figures annually. Okay, so that's my income level with my job. But then I don't have to stay in the job, right? I could choose to be in the job and have a side business of property, which I did do, uh, have properties in other businesses and make, increase my income that way. Or let go of my job altogether, have, a, have make my passion, my business, which I have done in, in this instance, and make seven figures as a, you know, as, as a goal, which I've already hit now in my business. And now then I can make seven figures as a monthly goal. So my current target is to make seven figures on a monthly basis. Can you see what we can do, right? It's so powerful, but you have to get there. You have to break that income glass ceiling for yourself and stop giving these excuses to yourself that, oh, I can't do this in my industry or it's not possible for me. It's all BS. The thing is you're operating under a financial thermostat. And the reason why I use the financial thermostat is because it's a really good example. So the same with the center heating that I have, right? When it goes to certain temperature, when it gets to certain temperature, the in terms of, you know, for example, it hits up 22 and I set my t- them set around 22. If the my heating, the temperature in the house hits 22, the message, the thermostat picks that up and it sends a message to the boiler, oh, we hit 22, let's bring the temperature down. The boiler signals, okay, let's switch off, it switches off, no more heating and the house temperature goes down. Then once the temperature reaches probably 20, the thermostat sends a message to my thermostat, to the boiler, like, boiler, come on because the house is falling, uh, getting cold and it kicks in and the temperature rises. Can you see what happened, right? So 
we're living within this the boundaries. Your financial thermostat is there as well. So you have an upper limit and lower limit. And based on your programming, if you are big, if you start hitting the top limit, you will start what's called you you recognize it as self-sabotage. You will start behaving in a way which is self-sabotage, and then you will start doing things which cause you maybe subconscious and you may not be aware of it things which actually reduce your money so you could fall ill or you could you um create um situations where money has to be paid out maybe a leaky roof or you get an argument with your boss or you get a really terrible client or some or you fall ill yeah any so there's many different scenarios you can create and at the same time when you're hitting the bottom threshold you're like, oh no, all of a sudden you go into this third gear and then to fourth and fifth gear and you attract all these clients and all this money starts flowing to you. Right? You have the bottom and upper threshold, same way as my as a thermostat does when it comes to heating. And I want you to recognize, I want you to understand, really look at your life and think, okay, what's my lower threshold or what's my upper threshold? And how do I turn up this financial thermostat? How can I get, well, I mean, one of the top goals that Rob Proctor gave me when I first started with him 20 odd years ago, he said, well, Aim to have your annual income as a monthly income. See what you need to do that. You know, how, do, how can you create an income where your month, your annual income is a monthly income? And that was probably will push your buttons and will really bring to surface all your limiting beliefs around what's possible for you and what's, you know, what's, you know, what's not possible for you and how things are holding you back. So that in total is the different types of money and what you need to sort it and how you need to recognize it. And you, I really wish you would really pay attention to today's episode and walk away and think, okay, so how do I behave with different types of money? And what do I want to do with it? How can I improve my relationship with money in all these different types and all the different forms? I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have, please do leave us a review. And if you leave us a review, I do come back and check them. And uh, if you send the screenshot for those, we can send you a million in the mirror meditation for free to say thank you for supporting our podcasting journey. Well, until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.